Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Starting with the positive, the Steelers offense scored 30 points. How about that? How about that? Who would have thought? There was a streak of games, I believe, Tom, of which they failed to do so, and now that streak is broken. That streak is broken. What was the high water mark before? 23, I believe 23, it was. I think, and against that, Cleveland. And also in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. That took overtime to get uh-huh. to that. Right, Jerry Dulac pointed out this was the first time in regulation that they had exceeded 20 points. Yes, which is incredible to hear that out loud. A lot of stats of the Steelers are kind of incredible to hear out loud as we work our way through this season, but your offense got to 30 points, and trust me, we're going to spend a whole heck of a lot of this episode, maybe the next episode, talking about the offense and how it was a little below the line, especially in that second half, and I think that's being a bit generous as far as descript- describing how the offense was. But I think the main crux of this game against Cincinnati boils down to something very simple and obvious. Which is? You score 30 points, uh-huh. you should win the game. Yeah. You've got a defense that's worth get- $108 million, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it just wasn't good enough from the defense. Now, I think the offense left a lot out there as well, yeah. and we can point fingers there too, and I might justifiably. Make, and I might make the caveat that the last touchdown by Najee that made it 30, uh, yes. that put 30 points on the board, came kind of in garbage time. Yeah, but I mean, you get that onside you kick, the onside and all kick, of a sudden sure. things are a little interesting yeah, true. right now. I mean, just ask Cleveland when they face the Jets. Exactly. So it was a garbage time touchdown, but it was at the point where you still had a chance for a miracle to happen and still tie the football game and get mm-hmm. to overtime. So I'm not going to say it's, you know, in the, the depths of garbage in the middle of a garbage dump site. Like, it's just, you know, a little trash can. That's the little trash can yeah. time touchdown there. And and you had a little bit of hope there for a brief onside kick. But you score 30 points. I think that we have said at the beginning of the year, as the season you know got underway, obviously you adjust expectations once TJ goes down, but when we were operating under the idea that the defense was going to be 100%, I mean, if you scored 30 a game, you should win for sure. We were talking things like if you just get to like 23, 20, yeah. 24, like it should be a wrap nine times out of 10. And Given how good the defense could perform. I can hear so many people out there right now being like, oh, the offense, though, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities there. They have to score more points. You're absolutely right. The most egregious one was leaving points on the board after TJ's interception. 
But the fact of the matter is the defense gave up drives of 93 yards, 80 yards, 79 yards, yards, 79 yards. They let the Bengals work the ball down the Mm -hmm. field on them. And they turned Joe Burrow over, which he had not been doing since week one against the Steelers. He has... He has eight picks on the season this year, and six of them are against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We said last week, get to the quarterback as much as you can, inflict as much pain on him as you can, because that's really the only way you're going to cause some kind of turmoil, because we've seen on the year, Joe Burrow has taken the most sacks, but he's had the least amount of turnovers since week one after he faced the Steelers, so... The winning formula was there. You got to Joe, and you forced the ball to be turned over. It just, when that ball went over to the Pittsburgh side of things, it wasn't converted into points, or enough points. Enough points. And that, I think, was the point of the game where things really swung in the negative direction for the Steelers. You get that interception. I think Wolf literally said, you got minutes point. before the TJ pick, before, we, need we a got turnover. to get a turnover. And then they First got it. First play yeah. was one of the most insane turnovers I've ever seen. And it sets you up in an opportunity to score a touchdown and retake the lead in that game at that point of the game. First play was the shot into the end zone. I like seeing that on mm-hmm. a big momentum play like that. Especially but, to a guy like Gentry. No, that's where I'm well, wrong No, with. that's what I'm saying. Especially to a guy like Gentry, that's not the guy that you should be throwing no, the ball No, I to. like the idea, but it's the wrong execution. And he was triple covered, too. So it wasn't right, even like right. Gentry was wide open in the middle of the end zone. But... The only that's guy a, you really that's feel a Pickens com- ball, I right, think. Right, exactly. The only guy you feel comfortable throwing I could the throw ball to, Pat too. But in triple coverage, is no one. Is no one. But George Pickens is the most likely to catch that ball. Probably. Certainly not. I mean, Zach Gentry. No offense to him, but if you're throwing into triple coverage, kind of reminded me, Tom, of the play against the Browns in the wild card on that third and long, the the out route to Anthony McFarlane into double coverage. That was worse because of Anthony McFarlane, but. It, but it reminds you, me, because why is the ball being thrown in that direction to that player with that kind of coverage? To me, you know why? You know why? I'll tell you why, I think. Sure. That play was run in practice a lot, and Zentry was open a lot in practice. And that was something that Kenny was like, you know what? This is going to work. It's worked all week. Was he covered with three lock, guys in I'm practice, I'm going to lock though? in. No, I think it was working for them in practice, so he locked in to that one read mm-hmm. and threw it no matter what, and the Bengals knew what was coming. The Bengals had it completely shut down. Uh, either way, it wasn't open. And he decided no. to throw it almost instinctually right away. There was no looking to a second. No. I don't even know if there was a second read or a third read on that play. Who, who's to say if it's Kenny not going through his progression or if there's just not a progression to go through. Mm-hmm. But either way, that point in the game I circled and said, that's where you can have this thing get away from you. And sure enough, it did. The Bengals started to put more points right. on the board methodically. And before you knew it, it, it was out of reach. Yeah, you had that last gasp where you got to 30 and you had a chance to maybe get an onside kick, but now you're hoping for a miracle. You're on your knees praying at that point instead of actually being able to play football to win the football game. When you get a big momentum swing like that against a quarterback that does not turn the ball over unless he sees your uniform on the mm-hmm. field, you just you, you can't leave three points on the board. I, I said it the second they got the ball. I said, you got to put this in the end zone. As I watched that drive sputter and sputter until they – trotted Matthew right out for the field goal. Mm-hmm. It was so frustrating. And that might be the moment where I looked at the offense and was maybe my most frustrated of the season in a long line of frustrating play from the offense. It, 
to have that turnover happen in a 24 to 20 ball game mm-hmm. and then and to come away get... with it being 24 23 just three plays later like you didn't even get a first down no. it's it's upsetting and that's where i think the biggest frustration comes from my me as far as that offense is concerned yesterday and really all year long that was the most frustrating sequence in a long line of them you were 1 yard away tom for getting into the red zone when you took over that ball after that interception that's how close you were. 21 yards away from the from the end zone, and you went three and out. You didn't even get into the goal-to-go scenario. You just went three and out, didn't get past the 16-yard line, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You put points up on the board, but that's, that's exactly what the issue was last year when the defense was the best team in the NFL in turning the ball over. They created all those turnovers, but the Steelers' offense was so stagnant, they lost a ton of games because... The offense was on the field for three plays and just kicked the field goal and walked off. This game, this one was a little different just because you're down 24-23. You're down by one point, so it's not the end of the world. And then uh, the Bengals went down and got a field goal. So you're still within a one-possession game. You score a touchdown, you're winning. But then it was punt and punt and then turnover on downs to end the game before the Najee Harris touchdown. And when you get the field goal to make it 24-23 when you fail to score a touchdown after TJ's interception— the Bengals respond and get that three right back. The, on their very next possession, yeah, they kick a right. field goal. It's 27-23 to 23 now. It's like that never happened. They literally mm. Thanos snapped the T.J. Watt interception out of the game. Used the time stone, reverse time. Reversed time. it, said yeah. nope. Yeah, it, really it did happen. happen, but did it really? Because it's still right. a four-point lead. And we're, what, like five minutes of game time after when that play happened? Right, so, basically nothing. So that's just that was the sequence that was number one head honcho, most disappointing of the game for me. Number two most disappointing of the game for me, unfortunately, was maybe the quarterback play a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't play terribly. But with him now, post-bye week, the turnovers and the interceptable passes are getting fewer and farther between. He hasn't even thrown a pick since the bye week. But there's a lot of plays that I think he leaves out on the field. Receivers that he's maybe not seeing, maybe not going through his reads completely. A lot of rookie growing pain stuff, but still stuff that's kind of like, uh, that's frustrating to mm-hmm. see because you see guys that are open. Like, I remember there was one play when they were trying to get a first down and he tried to force one into Pickens and it was incomplete. It was good defense, I think, from Eli Apple on the play where he dove in front and do- knocked it away. And Deontay was standing really close to Pickens and kind of put his hands up like, I'm right open right here. So. I wonder if that's just something that he needs to get more reps on, you know, working through progressions, finding the third, fourth option when they're actually open instead of your first or second option. But it is something that you watch and you notice isn't that great right now. There are guys open in secondaries, receivers getting open, mm-hmm. and just being flat-out missed. And not you don't even need the All-22 to see it. You know, George Pickens' double move before he scored his touchdown. Wide open, a little right. bit airmailed, got Pickens a little twisted, and he fell down before he could adjust to get to the ball. Yeah, the ball landed in the end zone, so you could say Pickens readjusts himself and makes that catch. It's not like he threw it to the popcorn vendor, but he was open for like 30 yards while yeah. he was running to the yeah. end zone. It should have been an easy pitch and catch. And then the one to Pat down in the red zone where it just mm-hmm. zipped past him mm-hmm. to his right. Right behind him. Right behind him. Mm-hmm. And Pat's just settling right in that zone like he's so good at. And just right up the middle. Uh-huh. Easy catch, and, and you miss that. And those are the two that you just see on the TV copy. 
Sure. You talk to people that watch the All-22, you take a peek at the All-22 There's All probably more yourself, out there's there. There's more guys open that he just flat out missed. Yeah, I mean, it's not... You, you, cried, you tried earlier making the case for saying, oh, those intercepted balls and the interceptable balls have decreased, but it just seems that the connection that we saw early on is kind of lacking now, right? It's a team that he, being Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth, were on the same page, that Pat and George knew where the ball was going and Kenny knew where the route was coming and when they beat open. And it just seems that that connection may have been lost somehow. I don't know how. And, yeah, the turnovers have stopped or slowed down at the very minimum, but it doesn't lead to wins, which I think when you're a young when you're a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett can get frustrating because you should be able to win these games given how well you did for 30 minutes right that was i think another thing tom was and i know that the the pickens uh the pickens overthrow came in the second half when the entire offense seemed to kind of go stale but how was it so easy for you in the first half and then it was just a completely different team in the second half I think that was everyone's big takeaway as well from yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was the best first half of football he's played, Kenny. Yeah. Best I think maybe half the of team. football he's played. Maybe the team. They scored 17 points in the second quarter of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, 17 points in a quarter? There's games that they don't score 17 points right. in this year. So, uh, 20 to 17 lead at the half, and the way you ended the half, too, mm-hmm. is just outstanding. It's chef's kiss. It's like the days of old with Big Ben, right? Defense sure. makes a turnover, and then and he gets just... a field goal for you, mm-hmm. so he gives you that extra three points before you get the ball back to start the second half. And then the second half was just a disaster. I mean, it was it was literally... right. Like, we use this example a lot, but it was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, mm-hmm. they were a monster in the first half, couldn't be stopped, and then the second half, they were just some nerd with a little beaker and glasses on. After that Levi Wallace interception, the Steelers get the ball back. Everyone's saying, great, you go down, you score some points, and then you come out of halftime, and guess what? Score some more points. You get the ball back in the second half because you deferred the, uh, the coin toss. And what do they do in that first drive Three to start the second half? Three and out. And it was a very... Whimpering three and out as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you're not whimpering when you go three and out, but it was just so frustrating. Frustrating is just such a good word to describe that offense in that second half performance. And I think mainly just because we were set up with that first half performance, so there was a little bit of expectations going into that second half, and then the air just got completely let out of the balloon. I mean, stat line wise, you know, if you're just going to be the box score guy, 25 for 42, 265 yards, a touchdown, no picks. That's pretty decent for a rookie. It's, I think it's his, no, I think he did top 300 yards at one point this year in some garbage time in a game, but that's a decent amount of yardage. Mm -hmm. Okay completion percentage, no turnovers, and you got the ball in the end zone once. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that they were so stale for those series in the second half that leaves that bad taste in your mouth and makes you realize it's, not just about the box score. It's not just about that first half. There was bad with the good in that game with Kenny Pickett. But I think people shouldn't overlook that there was some good still. And I think one thing that people were worried about last week was dropping his eyes when the blitz was coming. Mm-hmm. Probably did that a lot in this game too, but yeah. I think less so. I think he did a decent job. We saw a lot of plays where he moved in the pocket, had to run up in the pocket, but he kept his eyes downfield and threw it deep to Fryermuth, who made a great play bowling people over or – he found Pickens on a little bit of a scramble drill. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that he's kind of shown since his preseason game, 
he will stick in the pocket and take a hit to deliver a pass. The Pickens touchdown right. pass, he got yeah. obliterated on. But he stayed in the pocket and made sure that the ball got to a wide-open wide receiver for a touchdown. So check that box. Willing to take a hit to make a play? Yes. He's done it multiple times already. Keep the eyes down the field more. Feel that pressure a little better. Go through your progressions. Mm -hmm. I think those are some things that he still needs to get better at. Yeah, and you would think that by being willing to take those kind of hits, that he really just be concerned with looking down the field to see where the guy is because he can say to himself, I'll take the hit. Don't worry about me. I just want to make sure I get the ball down the field. But apparently those two things don't really add up in his game right now. Obviously, there's still a lot of time left of his career, you would hope, for him to work on that. But, yeah, right now, uh, <clears throat> looking down the field rather than looking down at the blitz, definitely something he needs to work on. I will say this. I think if I had to give an MVP to an offensive player, it would have been Najee Harris again. 20 carries for 90 yards. That's yeah, I think either Najee or, average or Pickens. Or George, yeah. But a 4.5 yards per carry yeah. average, I like to see that. That I number like... was a lot higher. I think it was 5.1 entering halftime. And then, I mean, the game got out of hand. They had to start passing mm -hmm. the ball a little yeah. bit more. But 20 carries, 90 yards. That's a, Almost good, there. that's a good Almost stat there. line right there. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns for Najee on the ground. Back-to-back -back games, I think you can actually put a stamp of good game from your running back. Yeah, and I agree. And considering that Jalen Warren went down, I'm not saying that Jalen Warren's the difference maker. If Jalen Warren stays healthy, the Steelers win that game. But the fact that it was really once that happened, you didn't want to give Benny Snell the football a ton. So it was, it was, it was Najee's turn to really step it up. I think he did a decent enough job without his, his number two behind him. His average uh, yards per game now, or yards per gain now this year is at 3.7. So it was at 3.6 last week. So it just keeps, Keep going up. keeps yeah. creeping up there. It's still 47th in the league. So you want that to be better. But, you know, he's got 550 yards and he's got a decent amount of games left. I don't, I don't think if we start to see him turn this corner more, maybe against some weaker teams, maybe mm -hmm. throws a couple hundred yard games in the mix there, but never really goes below like 80, he could get to 1,000 again this year. It would be a very slow plodding a thousand and a really strong second half to get there. And a very and a very low thousand. But like, it would be encouraging yeah. to see him fight through a tough first half of a season and still reach that mile marker or that century marker. Right because, after because that's still a big deal for a running back in the NFL. You know, you want to be one of the guys yards, that hits a yeah. thousand every year. And yeah, considering eight even though games, there's an extra game, considering eight games, you know, he was pretty slow out of the gates, and you can't even call it out of the gates because that would be just. You know, weeks one through three, eight weeks is is way beyond the gates. But considering it took him eight games to really get going, get his feet churning, uh, yeah, I don't think it would be – it wouldn't be the worst silver lining to a season when you're trying to look for something. And that's exactly it right there. It would be a silver lining. People either being like, well, who cares if he's rushing for 1,000 yards if the team's going to keep losing and they don't look like they're progressing – well, him rushing for 1,000 yards would mean he had a really good second half of the season. Mm -hmm. It would mean that he's progressing, and he's still one of those young players that you, you want to keep your eye on because by no means has he established himself as a legit feature back in the NFL. He's shown that potential. Yeah. He did it in 2021, but that first half of this season is leaving a bad taste in your mouth. You need the mouthwash of a strong second half to kind of wash that out, go into the offseason in 2023 with more optimism for Najee Harris. But and, it's a good start. It's a good two weeks out of the bye. And maybe it was as simple as he needed extra injury, time to yeah. heal up. Yeah, I mean, 
it's very if if he continues to do this as you said, kind of go no lower than eight hundred or eight hundred eighty yards per game, maybe even seventy five, and, and eclipse that century mark uh, game by game every now and then. You know, maybe he gets to that one thousand yard uh, mark, and then by that time he's fully recovered from his injury. Hopefully, he doesn't re-aggravate it in the off season. Maybe he, he has. Re- maybe he readjusts his way. He's sculpted his body. Maybe yeah. he loses a little bit of weight. Yeah, this sure. Time. But it also looks like you know he clearly was in some meetings where he was discussing how to approach his running game, and maybe he was he maybe he was overthinking it. And and the play that everyone points to was that one. Um, that one pass he had where he had only three yards to get the first down and had clear open space ahead of him and just danced around and ended up losing a yard or, or, or not getting any yards. So maybe he's he's simplified the game for himself. His running habits are better. I think that's pretty evident too. Um, and his speed looked great. I mean, his speed on his yeah, first— Yeah, touchdown run was awesome. His speed on the first touchdown run, that was vintage Najee Harris. And it's weird to say vintage when the guy is <laughs> only in his second year, but it reminded you a lot of what you saw from him in his rookie year. How much do you think that hurt when he landed? Not at all. Are you kidding me? That's a very high height for a human being to leap on his own. He came up hobbling on a different play, or was it that play? Trust me, I'm not saying he got injured on that play. You don't think he felt that, though? Do you understand, bad you understand how from high like he five years, five, five years, five yards out? I'm gonna, I want to get a ladder and I want to take you okay. as high as he jumped. I just want to <laughs> drop you and just like drop you. Well, you can wear pads, but I just want to drop you on the ground and see he's how a big, much that hurts. He's a big boy, you know. He, yeah, that's a good point. We're gonna have to weight you down with like a weighted right. vest so you have the same amount of mass when you hit the ground. That was awesome. It was that awesome. was an that was the that was one of the most fun plays. Like we'll do a recap probably at the end of the year of like top ten yeah, plays it was of the more season. Fun. That, that's probably gonna be on. I it. mean, the George Pickens touchdown was the, wide George open. George Pickens is gonna be littered on that list. You George have, Pickens touchdown. Well, the George I'm Pickens just saying, catch. No, I'm saying oh, on, on this game. On this game, the yeah. George Pickens touchdown. It was okay. I think was he better m- catch it because he's wide open, and he better get into the end zone because he has that. That path. was more good play from Kenny to take a hit and deliver the yeah. ball than it was Pickens. The Najee run was just pure run. And then incredible athleticism to get into the end zone. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Pickin should have been able to join Najee in the two touchdowns. He dropped that yeah, he layup. I think that... That could actually be, in a weird way, a good thing. Learn from it. 
yeah, that guy is catching everything that gets thrown his way. The confidence is growing. Throw me the ball, I catch no matter what. I'm going to catch I'm it. I'm Justin Jefferson good. These hands, uh, they're basically like the human form of stick'em. Uh, nothing is going to get dropped. Maybe that's a little bit of a humbling experience. Like, uh, you know what, don't get too cocky. Of course, I'm speaking completely from the outside looking right. in and just theoretically saying this could be happening. And who's to say he was getting cocky at all? He probably wasn't. But I'm just saying this could be a little bit of a, hey, not everything's as easy as it seems to be right now because it's kind of been easy going for him in the NFL. He's mm-hmm. torching people on routes. He's catching everything. He's got speed. He's got strength. <laughs> he was one of the key contributors on the Najee touchdown run too with this yeah. little one-hand shove right. of the guy inside. <laughs> That's all it took. So he does everything well. Like the learning curve for him is not that big of a deal in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He just needs to get a quarterback to start throwing the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe having a little bit of a bump in a so far smooth road isn't a necessarily bad thing for him. And I like how it was a big bump where he can look at it and be like, well, that's my second touchdown. Yeah, and I don't I don't really remember him getting super involved after that, but maybe that was because at that point the game was pretty well, much. He only had four hand. catches. Yeah. But he was eighty three yards and a touchdown. There's right. your big play guy right there. Mm-hmm. He averaged twenty yards per catch. Pat's the guy, though, right? He's, He's coming the on to be yeah. the target. I mean, that Twelve one, targets in that, the game. So it was that drive, right? George Pickens misses that touchdown, that long touchdown. But it's on that same drive that Najee Harris gets his touchdown, his first touchdown of the day. And it was set up because of that barreling play that Pat had running over a defender to get you an extra, what, 10 yards or so, I believe it was. So I, I agree with you. I think George, the, the recipe is there. You know, George can be your splash play guy, get you a catch and triple coverage if, if necessary. But Pat is the go-to guy. Yeah, right 12, up the middle. 12 targets, 8 catches. We had the team in both. Mm-hmm. Doubled up everybody else on the I team. I mean, it's... As far and, as catches. And targets, actually. He doubled them up, too. On Sunday night, we saw Travis Kelsey prove why he is the greatest tight end maybe ever. You're shaking your head no? So unfair. Oh, just, okay. In, just dis- in disbelief, so you're shaking unfair. your head. He's just so unfair. But Pat, I'm not saying he will be the next Travis Kelsey. Nobody looked like him on the barreling play. Yeah, right. He can, he can be physical, and he he is a reliable receiver. Like, we, we, we talk a lot about, over the last couple of years, Steelers' tendencies of dropping footballs. Uh, there was the one pass last week that Najee Harris kind of dropped that could have gone for a touchdown and didn't. Pat sometimes is responsible, sometimes you've seen him drop, but really can be super consistent when having the ball thrown in his direction. You said, what, eight catches on 12 mm-hmm. targets? Yep. It's pretty good. What about the other guy, though? Non-existent, really, right? Non-existent. I think it's a bit of chicken and a bit of egg. You know what I mean by that? Right. Is, is Kenny's, it the quarterback not Kenny's getting the ball to him and he's open? Unwillingness is to Deontay throw him the ball? Is Deontay not getting open? Yeah, yeah. I think there's some plays that Deontay... Well, first of all, the yards after catch for him has been non-existent this year, and that's a huge problem. Because that's usually he his bread and butter. Ate yeah, yak up mm-hmm. all the time, and very upsetting to see that he's not able to do that now. And the other thing is, I think he is getting open his fair share, and there is a little bit of the quarterback not hitting him. But at the same time, why is Pickens getting these big splash plays sometimes? Mm-hmm. Why is Frymuth getting eight catches? I mean, we we've talked, we can talk week after week about. Splashy plays from George Pickens. To me, Tom, the only one that really stands out was that 30-yard catch that Deontay had last week. <clears throat> this is the best play of the year. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't, But I can't even really think of one, if not more than one play, that also sticks out in my mind for his season this year. So 
That's and, a guy. And here we are. Another week. Not 100 yards oh, not and close. not a touchdown. Not even close this week. What was his final stat 21 line? yards, four catches, yeah. five targets. Eight was his long. That's a guy, though, that you need to wake up. You need to be good because you paid him. He yeah. got that second contract. I mean, the Steelers don't give second contracts out to wide receivers very often. And when they do, they usually hit. This is one that, out of the gates at least, is stumbling a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you didn't, you know, break the bank for him. I think it was a very good deal from Omar Khan, given the situation. And, you know, at the time, you have to sign him. Like, I'm not sitting here. You can't go into this season without him. People who are going to call that a bad signing are just going to be armed with hindsight if Deontay continues to go off the rails. At the moment, you had to sign that You couldn't go into the season Couldn't afford to go into the season without him. And because he had, even though even though he was under contract this year, he wanted he was him gonna, longer. He was gonna, but he was gonna Leave. most likely or sit out. Yeah, for the preseason at least. Yeah, if not, and you needed him to break season. in your new quarterbacks because yeah. he was your number one. And on top of that, he gave you no reason to not believe that he should deserve. Right, every year contract. of his career from 2019 and on, he was good. Mm-hmm. And this is his worst year so far to date, by far. Maybe it's, it's not even close. Maybe he can snap out of it, but you gotta see, need to see a game pretty soon here where he puts up some decent numbers or else we're going to be heading into the 2013 or excuse me the 2023 season really wondering about number 18 and can he be not just the number one because he was you know the lead horse in that race at the beginning of the season can he even just be a good you know feature player on mm-hmm. this offense next to a Pickens and a Friar move because it's it's getting to be at that point when the old Gunnar Olszewski has more yardage than you, and Najee Harris and has had more a, and had you. more splash plays. Yeah, right. Najee, his his one catch at the yards. goal line. You know what you know what I'm talking about? The tip ball. Yeah, it was a great play. Thirty one yard long for Gunnar mm-hmm. Olszewski. So not good. Also I mean, not good that we're seeing a little bit of Gunnar. Honestly, I the think that for the past couple years that, have that really has. Isn't that a trend lately, though, with that fourth, fifth receiver Gunner, for them? Ray, 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 Switzer. And then Samuels partially. Yeah, like, but as that a was the running back, interesting I experiment, yeah. I guess. But it scratches your head because I think Boykin is a little bit more serviceable. But he was banged up. He was banged up. That's a good point. But I don't know. It just seems that they struggle in this area a lot. Yeah. And you know what? Fives. Maybe it could be Gunner was involved because Deontay wasn't getting involved. Just, I have no choice but to throw. I mean, if he's open, you got to throw it to him, right? right? That's what I'm saying. I think that's what uh, I think that's what Joe Burrow was operating under with the old Trenton Irwin yesterday. Oh my goodness! If he's goodness. open, I got to throw it yeah. to him. And he got a t- I mean, he got the touchdown. Someone said after that touchdown, they just got a touchdown with a random generated player on Madden. I saw that. I saw it as well. He his hair is like longer than Gunner's. Let's talk about the defense. You know, we got the offense out of the way for you. I know mm-hmm. the hoi polloi, the citizens, they want to talk offense, offense, offense. We didn't say much about Matt Canada, though. Everybody wants to bash Canada. I think he's a very simplistic offensive coordinator, but I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he called a bad game yesterday. There were some frustrating moments. I would rip every jet and, sweep out of the know, playbook and throw it yeah. in the trash, but you can say the there plays, were deep shots. There were the execution. I think that's really where it's was been lacking, lacking more. Yeah. So, yeah, here's your Matt Canada moment, people out there that want us to talk Canada. Yes, he's elementary when it comes to his offense. Simplistic. Yes, yeah. he's not at the same speed as a lot of OCs in the NFL. But as far as yesterday is concerned, I'm not even going to pin that much on him. I think it was a decently called game. The shots were there. We saw a couple George Pickens plays that were just missed. Mm-hmm. Pat's uh, Pat play was missed. Mm-hmm. There was plays developed for downfield explosiveness. Mm-hmm. They even hit on some with the right. George Pickens touchdown. So, yeah, long term still, I think he's done after this year, and I want to bring in somebody that's a little bit better at this at the NFL level. But I'm not putting anything really on him yesterday. I think it was an okay game. 
I mean, he scored 30 points. He scored 30 points. He scored 17 in one quarter. Yeah, I don't think that he deserves any real blame for what happened yesterday. For the season, sure, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Yesterday, though, no chance. Defense, though, put it off long enough. That's the real culprit, I think, in this game. So we'll talk about that performance against Joe Burrow, who, despite the two interceptions, was Joe Cool in that pocket all game Sunday. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 